for tuning in. Maybe you just jumped in uh, recently. Maybe, you know, this is the first time you're tuning in to watch. We're glad to have you along. We just feel like you're part of our family. If you've, if you've spent, if you spent any time with us, you're, you're in. Uh, and uh, if you're not a church person, uh, that's cool too. Um, we're, we don't really claim to be church people. We're not a bunch of religious professionals. We're not like, you know, perfect people or Bible experts. We're just real people, uh, real people who really believe that uh, God loves us you and I enough to send his son for us, that he's alive and he's real and he, and, and the God of the universe is actually personal and cares about individuals like you. And we hope that you have a chance to experience that this morning. For those who don't know me, my name's Mark and I am happy to and an honor to just spend a little bit of time uh, looking at his word together and hopefully learning something that makes us stronger. And that was, uh, that's kind of our hope through this quarantine is that uh, as our church family, you and your relationships would both be stronger after quarantine as opposed to um, being um, uh, weaker or, or ended. We, we want you to grow in this time. And so we spent a few weeks, uh, the last number of weeks, and if you'd like, you can go back and take a look at that. Um, just looking at the principles of relationships and how to, how to grow stronger, the tools to be able to do that better. And so that uh, uh, our hope is that you might see that happen uh, in your life. And so we want to look at another one today. Um, and I just want to start with this question. Have you ever been let down by someone? Have you ever been let down? They just, they disappointed you. Maybe it was a neighbor or a coworker or a boss or a politician or a, or a business. Um, this week, you know, the, uh, I was listening to the news as the, as the farmers went to our government asking and, uh, for a, uh, uh, some financial help because things are really tight right now. And, and, uh, I, I heard the, the, the interview with our prime ministers. They came on and they said, we're going to give you 200, uh, 260 million dollars to the farmers. And I was like, Oh, that's amazing. And then, all of a sudden, all the phone calls come in, uh, and they said, "Sir, uh, respectfully, we asked for two point six billion. This, you're only giving us ten percent." And and there there was this this letdown feeling. I don't know if somebody's going to meet two hundred sixty million. I'm pretty pumped, but but I hear you on the sense that it it was a it was a letdown. Uh, as well this week, uh, uh, every once in a while, anytime I see the Xbox in the uh, news, I just got to click on the link and see. And uh, this week they were talking about the new Series X, or uh, I'm not exactly sure. It's a cool new Xbox that's coming out later this year. Uh, and they decided they, they would put on some videos of of uh, the gameplay is what they advertised of, the, of this new Xbox. And so tons of people tuned in to watch the videos of what this new system would look like. To And it was just all ads for the games and all kinds of thumbs downs on the videos because these people all felt let down because they didn't actually get to see any gameplay and and uh, Microsoft had to come out with a formal, you know, apology. Sorry that we did not meet your expectations. You know, when you've been let down, it's funny. It seems like those those memories they don't they don't die quickly. I, I was as I was preparing for this, I was reminded of something that happened in uh, in no- November of uh, 1997. I know it's a long time ago, but that's when I was just uh, in youth group or starting out as uh, as a youth leader and and the and, and my youth leader at that point he had said to everybody hey uh, we're going to go bowling tonight for youth group and and all the kids are like yes and this is a small town we all get together we're like we're going bowling tonight it's awesome and then we show up 
and we get inside and there's this bowling alley that he made out of a table uh, and he had made a little ball and he had made fake little pins and we're like what this is this is bowling it was like this collective letdown for all these youth and I'm like you know that, that, that was west of Reese back in the day I took over youth after that and we made it awesome after that but just I mean, so it's just amazing how you remember these things these feelings of letdowns and maybe for you it's your sports team that lets you down there's a famous anecdote of uh, a guy who put who said hey I want the Toronto Maple Leafs to be my pallbearers at my funeral so they can let me down one last time and I was like thinking about that I realized you know not this year they can't let us down this year hey eh, Bobby I see you wearing the cap they can't let us down uh, you know, as I think about some of the humorous letdowns, uh, I also realize that not all the letdowns in our life are, are humorous and some are not at all. Like maybe for you, it's been a spouse. Maybe it's a parent. Uh, maybe it's your child. You know, maybe it's your church family or, or maybe, maybe for you, you feel that, that the letdown has been God, that he's let you down. And I wanted to look at that this morning because the letdowns in our life, uh, they have a way of leading to disappointment, to discouragement, they lead to disagreement and arguments in relationships. Many marriages, it's like there's a lot of hostility as a result of that. But my question for you this morning is this, is it possible that sometimes it's not actually them? It's not actually the other person that's letting you down? Is it possible? I want to look at that this morning. I want to look at something that's not explicitly said in scripture. You know, it's not a thou shalt or anything like that. But you see examples of it all the way through the Old Testament, which is the history of the, of the nation of Israel from a couple thousand or a few thousand years ago. And then through the New Testament, which is like the time where Jesus and the people who lived shortly after him writing about his teachings, you see this over and over. And so, I wanted to look at that this morning. There's a famous book written by Charles Dickens. Uh, it's called Great Expectations. And there's a bunch of movies that have been made of it. I haven't read it, but I just thought, you know, maybe other people have. But I just like the title, The Great Expectations. And, and so the title of this talk this morning, I just wanted to go with the opposite of there's possibly some not so great expectations out there. And that's what I want to just challenge us to think about for a few minutes this morning. Expectations. Do we have them? Sure we do. We all have expectations. Every one of us has expectations of things that, that, we, um, that we believe will happen or we hope will happen in the future. That's, that, that's what an expectation is. And our ex- expectations are unique to each of us. No matter even if you cheer for the same team, you know, the expectation is different for each person involved. The expectations you have in, you know, when you got married, uh, they're different from your spouse and, and that leads to these conflicts. Uh, the expectations you have as a parent or as a child, they're different. And it's those different expectations that often lead to these, these, these head-butting, this, uh, this, the, the turmoil in uh, relationships. For instance, a parent might have said, hey, I expected this room to be clean. And the teen's response is, I expected you to stay out. And it's on. You know, or maybe as a boss who's saying, you know, I expected this job would be done quicker and better. And you're grumbling under your breath. Yeah, well, I expected a raise like three years ago. And let's look how that's happened. You know, oftentimes we think it's, it's that other person that it's, that it's them that's, you know, been letting us down all this time, but could it actually be something else? And I want to look at that this morning, the three different types of expectations, unmet, unrealistic, and unspoken. You know, the, the unmet expectations in our life, that's the ones that lead to frustration and disappointment. We have this expectation that doesn't happen. We're like, oh, we got this inner frustration. And so we put up a new expectation for next time. And, and when it gets unmet, there's more frustration. It's almost this downward cycle of, uh, of, 
expectation and disappointment. Uh, it's those kind of things that in our relationships erode the foundation of our relationships, which is trust. When expectations are unmet and unmet and unmet, pretty soon there's no more trust left in a relationship. And uh, I find that that's what happens to many. Many marriages are struggling as a result of that, not realizing that that's what it is. Uh, there's many parent-teen relationships that they're struggling, but they don't even realize that that's what it is. Work relationships, boss, employee, struggling, not realizing that it's expectations. It's these unmet expectations that are at the, at the root of the problem. Sometimes it's not just the unmet uh, expectations. It's the fact that we have some unrealistic expectations. Oftentimes you talk to people about getting married and you know, when people get married, some, some have the expectation that, oh, that, that person's going to make me happy. That is a completely unrealistic expectation. They do not have the ability to do that. Maybe they make you happy for a little while, but they don't have, they don't have it in them to be the one to supply all your happiness needs. You know, I heard of a woman who left her family, uh, left her husband and four kids. And, you know, when we were asking her why, she's like, well, you know, I thought he was going to make me happy and he didn't. And I'm like, well, but you have four children. And she's like, yeah, you know, I thought having kids would make me happy, but they didn't make me happy either. I'm like, how tragic is that? Thinking that someone else is going to be able to make you happy and having these expectations and, and to, to, to get to conflict that leads to separation of relationships as, as a result, not realizing that it isn't them. It's something deeper, you know, expecting that there's people that have the, the unrealistic expectation that, you know, that, that their wife is going to be like their mom was. She's going to cook the same. She's going to clean. She's going to take care of you. Can I just tell you, man, you do not want your wife to be your mama. She's going to ground you and send you to your room where you spend a lot of time alone. You don't, you don't want that. And yet some have this expectation. So maybe for you, you're, you're married and you're like, man, I thought and my expectation was my husband was going to be all romantical all the time. We were going to go on dates and it was always going to be like when we were dating and, or maybe, you know, assumed, which is also another uh, variation of that word expectation, that uh, you were going to feel the feelings of love all the time. That they would, those feelings would last forever. They're unrealistic expectations. And maybe those unrealistic expectations are unmet expectations in your life. You know, maybe you expected or assumed that your relationship, your marriage, whatever, couldn't be destroyed overnight. You're like, ah, you know, it's one little thing. It's not, gonna, it's not really going to hurt us that bad. And found out the opposite. And maybe you're in a spot right now where as we're talking, you know, you're in your home and, and you've got relationships that are in trouble. And maybe for you, you're working on it. You're really trying, but maybe your expectation is that your damaged relationship can be fixed overnight. You know, yeah, hey, I messed up. And, and then you talk to your spouse and like, hey, I'm going to do this. And, and, and the response isn't like, oh, we're so grateful that you did that. That's awesome. We're all good now. And you, you wonder why, why didn't it get fixed quicker? Uh, I think about it this week. I was planting trees this week, little tiny trees. I thought, you know, I planted them the next morning. I woke up and I looked out there and I was like, what? They're not tall yet. And so I ripped them all out. Well, actually I didn't, but it'd be foolish for me to even think that way, to wake up the next day and think, oh, it should be better by now. That's an unrealistic expectation. And you know, the same thing is as trees take time to grow, it's a worthwhile process to wait it out. And same for marriages, same for these things. As you're working through these things, it might take some time and it might not look like it's happening yet, but it's a worthwhile process to work, uh, to, to wait out and to work out. And these unmet and unrealistic expectations are often the result of the third thing the unspoken 
the unspoken expectation. I remember when we got married on our wedding day, um, somebody came up to my wife and told her, you know, we were asking, you know, at wedding sometimes to say, hey, give, you know, give the couple your marriage advice. And somebody came up to her and said, said to my wife, she's like, here's, here's the best advice I can give you. Just keep your expectations super low and then he might surprise you sometimes. <laughs> I was like, when I heard about that, I'm like, who wants, who wants that to be, you know, the, the goal of marriage, just have the lowest expectation. That wasn't the design. But you know, a lot of times the problem is when we don't have our, when our expectations are unspoken, then they result in being unmet and we, or, or we don't realize that they're unrealistic. And so in our pre-marriage courses, if you're thinking about getting married, here's, you can start right now. Talk about your expectations. What, do you, what are you kind of expecting him to do, her to do? What do you expect it to be like? Have some conversations about that because you might find out that some of the expectations you have are unrealistic and they're actually leading to, to a toxicity in your, in your future and to deal with them now. Or you might find out that they're actually super excited to meet those expectations now that they know them. Man, maybe you've been married for years and, and you're going to have a conversation today. We're going to just put out some of these expectations and, and your spouse is going to be like, oh, thank you. You know, now I know what I, now I, know what I can do. Because they're not mind readers. They're not mind readers. And you've kind of been sitting and living in disappointment, wondering why they don't want to do they, They're not initiating stuff or you know, they don't want to do the same things you want to do. And they, and they don't even know. I mean, they might be pretty talented, but they're not that talented. They're not mind readers. You need to let them know. Same with parents and teens having these conversations of here's some of the things I kind of expected. Boss, employee. So the question this morning is, could it be possible that your expectations are actually hindering your relationships? Could it be that your expectations of the person, not them, your expectations are hindering your relationships? And we put the emphasis on your because like we've said so many times before, in every relationship, you're the only one that you can work on. You can't change the other person. You can only work on you and change you. And so that's the question. How fair is it of us to hold others to our unmet or unrealistic or unspoken expectations of them? It isn't. You know, and that's the question. Oftentimes we find ourselves in conflict and they're letting us down. They're disappointing us over and over again. Is it really them? Or is the expectation not been voiced? Uh, I, it happens all the time. I had it, uh, had it happen to me. Last year, we built a house and had a number of contractors come in. Sometimes I was there working with them. Sometimes I wasn't. And, and I was reminded of this time where I had one contractor come in to do a job for me. And I came back and it wasn't done the way that I expected it would be done. It was done the way that they would do stuff. But I was looking, I thought, man, I, I, I thought it was going to be different than this. And, I was, and all of a sudden I realized now, now I'm going to have to take it all apart. And I'm going to have to redo it myself. And I was like, I, I started getting upset. Like, to be honest, I had a fit. You know, I was like, oh, like, oh, I'm going to text him. I'm just, this is, this is it. And uh, I didn't text him right away, but you know, I was, I was angry enough that, you know, my, my wife knew and my kids knew. And, and I, then I began to have this conversation in my head was like, you know, before I texted him, it was this, this question, well, hey, did you ask him to do it that specific way? You're like, well, no, but I shouldn't have to ask him because he should just know. I'm like, well, how's he supposed to know if you never actually told him? I don't like where this is leading. I want to be right. Well, you are right because I'm you and you're me. And, and this conversation's going on in my head. And I'm just like, well, I just want to, and I was I don't want to just be angry. And so then I thought, you know what, we're going to, we're just going to make this right. And, and then I had one of my kids ask me after they knew that this guy was coming back to, to help, you know, redo this project. They're like, dad, are you asking him over so you can give him a good scolding? I'm like, scolding? Who uses that word? And, and no, I'm not going to scold my contractor because he could crush me like a worm. So I'm like, I, I, I just want to, you know, give, give this a second chance. 
And it actually turned out amazing that we had to spend the day, we worked together. Uh, the relationship was, was not broken as a result of just my unmet expectation, uh, something I was holding them to that they didn't even know. It can happen anywhere. I thought, man, if I do that with contractors, like, could I be doing that with people who are close to me, my close family members? And so I realized that sometimes it's my own expectations of people that are letting me down. It's leading to that toxic feelings on the inside. Could that be happening for you? You know, we look at that, you know, I realize that I, I see that often in marriages today, I see it often in relationships today. I see it often in scripture as well. And so I just want to take a quick look as we look at the, uh, the end of this today, that there's a scene in Judges, the book of Judges. You can find that it's in the, it's in the first part of the Bible. Amazing stories, just incredible stories. The original 300 is the story of Gideon. Gideon and 300 men defeating uh, an army, you know, 10, uh, of 10,000 or, or, or bigger. You know, um, the story is, uh, uh, starts out in, in um, Judges 6. You can read the whole thing. I'll just give you a quick Cole's notes. But this, the, the setting for it is the, the nation of Israel had kind of abandoned the Lord. And so the Midianites were attacking them, another nation. And every year at the harvest time, they would come in, steal all the harvest, all the cows and everything like that. It's kind of like a bug's life, that movie from way back when, where all the locusts come in and steal all the stuff from the ants. It was, it was like that, but then that meets COVID where all of a sudden they're all hiding out in caves and isolating alone all over the place, trying to make sure they don't, they don't end up dying. That's the scene. And it's been happening for seven years. I mean, we've been seven weeks in this and it's like, oh, this is enough for me. But here's how the story goes. Judges 6, 6. So it says, so Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. And then the Israelites, they cried out to the Lord for help. They're like, God, would you help us? And many of you, that's your prayer. God, would you, would you help us right now? Judges 6, verse 11, skip a few verses. It says this, then the angel or the messenger of the Lord came and sat beneath a great tree at Ophrah. It belonged to a guy named Joash who was from the clan of Abiezer. And there's a guy named Gideon there. Gideon was a son of Joash. And so it gives all this detail. These are real people. And this is a real account of something that happened. He's sitting there threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide it from the Midianites. And it says the messenger, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. You know, and uh, that, 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 that's the truth today. The Lord is with us. But I feel like for many, many of us, there's that Gideon response that's just sitting there. And here's Gideon's response in verse 13. He's like, sir, Gideon replied, if, if the Lord is with us, well, then why has all this happened? And where's all the miracles of our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say that the Lord brought us out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites? You know, if, if God's with us, my expectation was if God was with us, then all this stuff wouldn't be happening. And maybe that's yours. You know, if, if God really loves me, if God really cared about me, then why am I, why is all this stuff happening to my family? You know, why am I the one who's losing my job? Why am I the one who's losing, you know, the, 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 my, the relationships and lost my freedom to just do what I want to do. I've, I, I've lost my childcare. My kids can't go to school. I've, I'm losing my, my sanity, my mental health, my mind. God, if you, if you care, if you're so good, then, then why? You know, that response that looks through the situation and asks these, these if and why questions, you know, there's an expectation in that question. Gideon's expectation was that, hey, hey if God, if you're good, then, then I shouldn't be going through some tough stuff. And I wonder if that's, that, if that's sometimes our expectations of God, that we have these, these unmet and unrealistic expectations of God, things that, things that we think, you know, uh, God, we expect you to keep all the promises that you never actually made. 
Would we ever do that to any other person? Be like, hey, you know, Chris, you promised me $1,000 after the service. I'll, I'll take that. He'd be like, what? I never promised that. Yeah, but I'm holding you to it. You know, we, we, we would never do that, but we'd subconsciously do that to God because we don't actually know what he's promised. So we just hold him to our expectations of him. And then when that doesn't happen, we feel like, well, God let me down. But did he? Did he? You know, I expected him not to let bad things happen to good people. And I think I'm a pretty good people. So bad things shouldn't happen to me. He never promised that. Maybe you're like, well, I expected God. Maybe he didn't say it, but your expectation is, God, you'll answer all my prayers when I want them and the way I want them. And he's like, I'm not a genie in a bottle where you're just like, hey, I, I, that's not how this works. Or, you know, maybe your expectation was like, oh, I'm going to feel God's presence. I'm going to see him all the time. I'm going to be able to tell that God's with me all the time. And, you know, there's a song right now that I think has become the song of this season and it's called Waymaker. We're going to sing it in a little bit. But Waymaker just simply says, like, even when I don't see it, God, I know you're working. And even when I don't feel it, God, I know you're working. And it says, you, you're here right now. The truth is that you are here right now. In my house, in this room, he's here. Even if you don't know him, maybe you don't believe in God. You know what? He's, he's right there. Man, he's, he's reaching for you this morning. It's the reason why he's had you tune in. It's not because this is an accidental thing that happened. He knows you're watching. He knows you're listening. He knows your, your, he knows your heart. He knows your life. He knows what's going on right now. He knows. He's waiting for a response from us. But oftentimes it's our expectation that actually hinders us from that incredible relationship. You know why? It's because we don't, we don't hold on to what he's actually promised. And I just want to leave you with a few verses that just show you what God has actually promised. So the Jesus followers this morning, he, he's promised this, you can trust me. He said to his disciples back then, John was there. John wrote it down. John wrote this, that Jesus said to them, don't let your hearts be troubled because that's what happens to us. Our hearts get troubled. And we're like, ah, I don't know, God. Like Gideon, God, I think you've abandoned me. He's like, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't allow that to happen in there. Trust God and you can trust in me. You can trust in me. And trust is all about relationship. It's not about, you know, going to church and following rules and, yeah, I'm a Christian because I got a fish on my car and, and uh, you know, I'm going to go to church someday when they open again because that's my, I was baptized as a baby. Like that woman at Anson Place thinking, you know, I, I might get into heaven if I'm a member of a church. That is not what it was about. He's like, I want you to know me. I want to be in relationship with you. You can trust me. And he also says, I promise you that you are loved. You are loved. We're like, well, I don't know if I've been all that lovable this week. It doesn't matter. He loves you. Paul said it this way. He wrote to the Romans and he encouraged them because they had thoughts like this too. Does God love us? Paul wrote Romans 8, 35. He says, can anything separate me from Christ's love? Is there anything that can get in the way and stop me from being loved by Christ? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble? <laughs> Or if we have calamity, you look around, you're like, yeah, you know, there's trouble going around me. Does that mean God doesn't love you anymore? No, the scriptures say, you know what? Even, even for, or he says, for your sake, we're killed every day, but we're being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. He repeats it again. He's like, I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us, meaning me and you from God's love. Not death, not life, not angels, not demons, not fears about today, not my worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. It's like, man, you can count on the fact that you're loved. That's an expectation you can have. And the other one too is this. He says, I'm with you always. You're never abandoned. He is with you. You can't go anywhere where God isn't, but you can be in places where your heart is closed to him. But he's right there. He's a, it's a split second of saying, God, open my heart to you. Man, he's right there. He is right there. 
He promised his disciples, Matthew 28. Matthew was there. Matthew wrote it down. He said, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given them and be sure of this. When your heart's wondering, when you're doubting, when you're, when you're not sure, you can be sure of this. I am with you always, always, even to the end of the age. And this morning to the Jesus followers, that's my encouragement to you. Have your expectations been, been uh, actually hindering your marriage, hindering your family relationships, hindering the relationships around you? Is it possible that those things have actually been hindering your relationship with God? That you've been allowing some of these things to get in the way? Is it, your ex- is it God that's letting you down or is it, is it expectations of him that are letting you down? Because as you get rid of those unmet and unrealistic expectations, it allows for the trust relationship to grow in all relationships, including his. And finally, to those of you this morning who are not Jesus followers, I, I don't know why you're watching. Maybe somebody invited you. Maybe you're like somebody bribed you and said, hey, if you watch this, I'll, you know, I'll make you bake you a pie or I don't know. Maybe you're curious. Maybe through all the stuff going on, you're just looking and saying, well, I don't, maybe there's a God, I, I, I wonder. And you tuned in this morning for whatever, whatever reason. I, I'm super glad that you did. But I want to ask you this question because you maybe have great reasons. I believe you do. Why you, you know, you don't want to, the church maybe has let you down. Church people maybe have let you down. Maybe you feel like, you know, if there is a God, he's for sure let me down because of all the stuff that's happened in my life. Can, can I just ask you to consider this question today? Is it possible? Is it possible that it's actually been your expectations of the church or your expectations of God that have let you down? And those are two separate things. Those are two separate things. You know, for church, I, I love sometimes when people have come here when we gathered together and they, I'd ask them, hey, what'd you think? And they're like, I wasn't expecting that. You know, walked in the door. I did not think it was going to be like that. I didn't think I was going to, you know, I didn't expect to like it. I didn't expect to learn something. I, I didn't expect that people were going to be friendly. I just didn't expect that. And I, and I love those. Those are the expectations, that, you know, that those, those um, ones that, get, that met, get met that they didn't even know. But I also hear the other side where it's like, you know, I expected Christians to be a whole lot nicer. I expected Christians to be a whole lot friendlier. I expected people to talk to me. I expected this and this, you know, I expected them to be better people. Can I just tell you this morning that the church is just made up of real people? that sometimes our expectations, we put these undue expectations on people that we wouldn't put on anybody else. You, know, you don't walk into Tim Hortons and say, oh man, how come, no, how come everybody didn't talk to me? <laughs> but we do that at a church. See, it's real people. And sometimes it's our expectations that actually hinder us from having incredible relationships with people, including in the church family. You know, there's uh, Gandhi. He said it this, he says, I, I like your Christ, but I don't like your Christianity. Can I tell you, man, if it's, if it's been people who called themselves Christians that let you down, man, that's going to happen anytime you look at some person to be better or to be the person that you're looking to. Maybe it was a pastor, maybe it was a priest, maybe it was me. But my challenge to you this morning is that we were never meant to look to other people, no matter what their position or religion. We were simply meant to look to Jesus. He's the only one. He's the only one. And Christianity is about a whole bunch of people who are looking to him, following him, allowing him to lead our lives. And sometimes we get it wrong. Well, man, we get it wrong. (laughs) But he's the one who makes it right. And I would challenge you this morning, please don't let those expectations hinder you from having a relationship with God through Jesus. Because that this morning, you know, maybe that's been your expectation or assumption that God doesn't exist. You know, <laughs> but as you look around at all this nature, all this design, all this incredible stuff, it makes you wonder how does things like that really evolve? How does that really evolve from, from nothing? You know, or maybe you're like, well, okay, maybe he does exist, but I don't think he likes me. I'm pretty sure he doesn't care about me. 
that's kind of been your expectation to realize he loves you enough to send his son to a cross. Because 2,000 years ago, his hope was that you would be reaching out for him. He's reaching out for you this morning. And finally this, maybe your expectation is like, well, I got to get my life cleaned up if I'm going to come to God. I got to, there's a bunch of things I got to, you know, a couple magazines I got to get rid of, a couple, you know, swear words that I got to stop saying, a couple, I got to be a better person. Can I just simply ask you this? Do you wash your dishes with soap and water and then dry them and then put them in the dishwasher? No. Do you, you know, wash your car right before you take it into the car wash? No. Do you like, you know, when you're feeling sick, you're like, oh man, I got to try and make myself feel better. And then once I'm feeling well, then I'll go to the doctor. No. Why? It's because of all those things that we actually need those things. It's the same thing. If you're broken today, if you're hurting today, if you're empty today, man, today's the day to just reach out to him and say, God, here I am broken, hurting, and in need. God, uh, would you... I need purpose. I'm not sure about all of these things. God, I need forgiveness. There's all kinds of stuff in my past that I'm not proud of. God, would you give me a second chance? Would, would, would you give me the opportunity to be in relationship with you and his resounding yes? Man, I'm inviting you. Would you follow me? This morning, that's on the table for you. If you've got more questions, feel free to text me. I'd love to chat more about it. But we're out of time this morning. But I hope that in these moments that our expectations have been tempered and measured. And I pray that through, as we finish up with this last song called Waymaker, that you would experience the real presence of Jesus in your house. That Jesus followers, you realize he's here. And when you don't feel it, he's working. When you don't see it, he's working. Father, thank you for the truth of that this morning. Thanks for working in our hearts, for doing what you do. Thank you, thank you, thank you for revealing things in our lives that allow us to just simply make changes that uh, cause our relationships and ourselves to become stronger, stronger together, but stronger in you. Father, I pray that for those whose relationship with you has been affected by these things, that as they, as they walk through these, these uh, steps of putting these unrealistic expectations to the side that, man, the relationship with you would just grow and blossom. Father, thank you for that. Pray that you'd receive all glory for what's happened here in this, in this time today uh, as we live the rest of this week with you. Love you. Thank you. It's in your name I pray. Amen.